0: As I mentioned last evening, I am going to talk on uh, dana. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, some of us <coughs> may think that it is uh, not appropriate for monks to talk about dhāna. But uh, I substantiate my position (coughs) quoting the Buddha. It was the Buddha who spoke about dana very loudly. (laughs) Whenever he met somebody for the first time if he saw the person is a potential candidate for religious practice he would give instructions what is called on uh, gradual training. In this gradual training instructions the first thing he mentioned is dana. There is a whole list of things he mentioned in that uh, in that kind of discourse. They are danakata Silakata, Saggakata, Kama Adinamo, Okaru, Sankilesa. uh... uh then uh, Nisarana, Pala, Upaya, sagga Kata. This is how he listed. Dāna Kata is number one. <clears throat> when he delivered talks on dāna, it was so comprehensive and... Uh, very profound, people who listen to that kind of dana katha, katha means talk, dana katha means talk on dana, people become very pleased to hear something that uh, they do not think very much about. Then he talked about sila kata, about morality, discipline. Then sagga kata, the talk on going to heavens. Then kama nang adinava, the disadvantage of of, uh, sensual pleasures. Okara, degradation. Sankilesa, defilements and um, then missana <coughs> abandoning, then Pala their results, fruit, then upaya a method of doing all this. We read in inst- in instances where Buddha-delivered sermons covering all these topics, listeners become so pleased that uh, their mind prepares in a very special way. Mind prepares as uh, Kalla-chitta, chitta Uddhagya-chitta, varana citta, and Pasanna-chitta. <coughs> Kalla-chitta means the mind becomes temporarily free from greed, Udagga mind become delightful, free from restlessness and worry. Uh, Muddu chitta mind becomes soft when hatred fades away. Vinivarana chitta mind becomes free from uh, sleepiness and drowsiness. And uh, pasanna chitta, mind becomes uh, free from doubt. What happens to the mind at that time actually is the mind becomes free from hindrances. These are the five hindrances. By listening to the talks of the Buddha. And <coughs> again, concentration. When these hindrances are fade away, faded away, one gains concentration. With the concentrated mind, the person listens. When he listens to the Buddha with the concentrated mind, then Buddha knows this is the time to talk about something particular to the Buddhas. That is called uh, (coughs) buddhanam <coughs> desana. They are particular to Buddhas, fully enlightened Buddhas. <coughs> Not unenlightened people would talk about those things. What are the things that are very particular, special, samukkaṃsika, <coughs> to the Buddhas, <coughs> is the Four Noble Truth. That time, the, when the mind is ready to listen to the Four Noble Truth, Buddha would deliver a sermon on Four Noble Truth. Now all start <coughs> with the instructions on dana. So it is very profound beginning very solid beginning. Why? <clears throat> it is because of not practicing generosity that we linger in samsara, falling back and forth again and again, uh, repeating our suffering. The opposite of dāna, therefore, is called pono-bhavika. That's a very beautiful word. Pono-bhavika. When one does not practice dāna, one becomes... Pono-bhavika means uh, re-becoming. Punar-bhava. Punar in Sanskrit. Puna is Pāli. Bhavika means becoming. So one subjects to become again and again, when one does not practice Dāna. Dāna is uh, not something, uh, uh, something artificial that we have adopted, uh, that we practice provincially, occasionally, in one particular nation, country, one particular religion. It is something very common innate, intrinsic quality of us, of our human beings, all beings for that matter, not only humans, we have inner feeling of sharing things. Some even go to the extent of saying that uh, our primates, when they stood up lifting their hands, for the first time and started walking they lifted their hands not to fight not to bear arms rocks and clubs and weapons but to carry something to support their sick disabled poor person beings fellow fellow beings when they are unable to move those who can lift their arms, can carry things to, have, to feed them, support them. So this comes naturally, automatically, in our life. It is so, um, so natural to us <coughs> to uh, share things. Some can share things easily uh, because they have uh, practiced it again and again and again. <laughs> when I say this, it reminds me of a, an incident. There are trillions of incidents if you think of, uh, of your own life, but I know one in my life that happened almost uh, little more than one half century ago. <laughs> Uh, when I was a little boy, I was on a bus in Sri Lanka. Uh, A beggar uh, got on the bus, Bus the the bus was on the uh, bus stand, waiting for passengers to uh, board. So this man, a beggar, got onto the bus and from uh, the moment he got onto the bus, he looked both sides uh, while walking on the uh, on the aisle, and uh, stretched his hand and asked somebody to give him five cents, a, a, a nickel. Uh, he stretched his hand, asked, uh, "Give me five cents, lady. Please give me five cents, gentleman. Give me five cents." He gave me five cents. He asked everybody on the bus. Nobody gave him a penny. So this man got off the bus saying, Well, he was not disappointed. He simply <laughs> made a very philosophical statement. He said, Now, well, I have the habit of asking, begging. None of these people have the habit of giving. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> he walked away. <laughs> so, it is intrinsic and yet, if you have not cultivated it, We cannot do that. It is very, very difficult. Once we cultivate this, (coughs) it is difficult to stop. (laughs) Our heart melts when moment arises, and we want to give, give, we want to share. And this is the quality that the Buddha himself, the Bodhisattva himself, practiced to the perfection. Therefore, out of uh, after attainment of enlightenment, he, uh, of course, these perfections we don't find in uh, directly in uh, uh, texts like uh, Nikayas, except in Kudaka Nikaya. In what you call Chariya Pitaka, uh, Apadana, <coughs> where these perfections are listed, uh, ten of them. The first one is uh, perfection of dana, Dhana parami. <coughs> Even if it is not mentioned in any other major texts uh, from the Buddha's own. Uh, uh, this life the last life that he attained enlightenment we can see the amount of generosity he practiced <clears throat> he practiced generosity to the uh, to the to the perfection so there was nothing left in 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 the practice of generosity nothing left no nothing there Somebody to say, well, he practised such and such, but not this part. He pra- pra- completed it perfectly. That is why it is called perfection. <coughs> he practised it until he reached its perfection. So practice makes perfect. And then, <coughs> attain this stage. Generosity is not something... Uh, peripheral to the Buddha's teaching, or casually mentioned somewhere, (coughs) but it is in the heart of the Buddha's teaching. What is the heart of Buddha's teaching? Four, Noble Truth again. Where can we find in the Four Noble truth generosity? Perhaps you may not remember the Four Noble Truths that well, (laughs) or even if you remember, you may not find the word dhana, and therefore you may uh, may think about it. But when you see the Four Noble Truths well, we can see generosity mentioned in a very prominent place because it is very important. What is that prominent place? Uh, Buddha's teaching sometimes is called middle path, sometimes called noble eightfold path. <coughs> we find the generosity in the middle path or noble eightfold path. Where in noble eightfold path can we find generosity? <coughs> it is the second step the Noble Eightfold Path. What is the second step? Right thought. First is right understanding. Second is right thought. What is the right thought? Right thought is the thought of giving up. Sankappa. Thought of avyapada sankappa. Thought of loving friendliness avihimsa sankappa thought of compassion out of these three of the right thoughts first is the thought of giving up Nekkam is renunciation in the ultimate sense <coughs> renunciation is something sometimes people think that only those who go to monasteries leaving home do renunciation. Renunciation actually is uh, has has very m- different levels. Uh, giving up everything and leaving uh, home life and going to homelessness or homeless life is uh, uh, a degree or higher degree of renunciation. But still, that is not the total renunciation. <coughs> But it can, anybody can practice it while being home. Uh, one can practice renunciation. Then that is called generosity. Renunciation or generosity simply means letting go of our clinging, craving. What we find in the ultimate sense in generosity is letting go of our grasping, clinging, holding on to things, things that we have earned, acquired, with um, hard work, or we inherited, or we um, have something, we hold on to it. (coughs) Holding on to things, in the Buddha's teaching, has many different uh, uh, repercussions. This is called uh, uh, this holding onto thing is called tanna, craving, and that is uh, that leads to various other uh, defilements, psychic irritants. Buddha says. Uh, uh, I mention these things not because Buddha says these things, but because that is true in any life, anywhere, any time, in the whole universe. Because this he mentioned, he spoke the truth, noble truth, not simple truth, noble truth. Noble truth means the truth that can never change, can never be affected by time and space. And that is the kind of truth the Buddha spoke. So with regard to, general, with regard to craving, tanna, he said – he expanded his noble truth in here – he said, tannan pariesana – because of craving, pariesana is research, Pariyasana in Sanskrit, Pariyasana in Pali, which simply means in English research. Research and research again and again and again, looking around, trying this, trying that, to find out something because of the craving, <coughs> desire. Investigate, look around, think, spend time, energy, money, whatever, to do uh, search, research to get something, find something. The root of that is our desire. <coughs> then, in labho. when we uh, do research, find, we find something. We find more than what we wanted. Too many things we find. And then, we cannot have all of them. So we choose. Labang <coughs> Patic When we receive too many things, uh, we choose what we want. Pariggaham Patic Ajosana. When we re- receive certain things and make selection, make our choice, then uh, we cling to it, we delve in it, hold on to it. Adyosanang paritya, When we hold on to it, we don't want to share it with others. Maccharya means miserliness, become miser stingy and we hold on to it <coughs> because of uh, uh, stinginess we want to protect what we have and we look for all sort of sources to protect what we have <coughs> we may we may insure uh, may guard it and uh, build walls and uh, uh, that's not enough so uh, there still will be some problems then ara paticha, paticcha sattadana dandadana, kalaha vigga, vivada tuangtva musavada, pisuna vacha neke papaka akusala dhamma sambhavanti the buddha said buddha said just because of this uh, attitude of protection, because of the desire, stinginess we, have, we take clubs, guns, swords, sticks, from weapons, bombs and uh, verbal fight, uh, insulting each other and fight. Parents fight, uh, <coughs> husband fights with wives, wives fight with husbands, children fight with parents, parents fight with children. Friends fight with friends. Neighbours fight with neighbours. Countries fight with countries. And so forth. That goes on and on and on. All began from greed. I mean it is so powerful. It is so true. Harder we cling more painful it is of course. It's not very easy. It is just Clenching your fist. Harder you clench, more painful it is. And uh, if you open your clench, clench and stretch your fingers, you feel relaxed, relieved of that tension. So letting go of things is like that. Not very easy, extremely difficult. But that is how, one we once we start practising it, that is how we feel. <coughs> I tell you another extreme uh, example. Uh, a woman uh, who was having some uh, uh, problems with a boyfriend, and um, she wanted to, she had lot of fights and wanted to get out of that situation, so another friend of hers recommended her to come to this place, IMS, (coughs) and said, go to that place, that's a nice place, you can spend a week, ten days there. And this lady did not tell her what you do here. So she just uh, packed up her suitcase and uh, left telling her, her boyfriend, now look, when I come back, I don't want to see you anymore. Take your, all, all your things and clean everything and leave. So she came here. When she came here, uh, she saw people walking Very slowly. (laughs) Don't look at each other. Very quiet, looking down, walking. She put her suitcase under that tree, she said. She told me the story herself. And uh, she cried. Cried the entire time you all walked. And then, because, why she cried? Because she thought that her friends sent her to a mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> because they don't talk. They are always looking down, <laughs> walking very quietly. So, <laughs> after all this, <laughs> she saw everybody was walking in here, into this hall, and sat down. <laughs> then came a monk with his. Uh, interpreters, and he gave a sermon. Because of her poor English, she is a foreigner to this country, because of her poor English, she said she understood about 20% of his talk. And even that 20% was wonderful for her at that moment. So soothing, so comforting, Then she found uh, somebody in the office and got registered, (laughs) stayed here for the whole ten days. (coughs) After that, she went home. When she went home, (coughs) she saw her apartment was completely cleaned up. So cleaned up that all her furniture was gone. All even the pictures hanging on the wall were gone. Her flower pots, cooks, what you call utensils, lessons, everything was gone. Everything was perfectly clean, nothing there. Then she said, she sat down and laughed <laughs> for another 20 minutes. Why she laughed? Because now she doesn't have to dust furniture and clean these pictures remove these things to clean the room, everything was gone. Now she is very happy. (coughs) No more headache. Even the boyfriend was gone. (laughs) So, she was happy. I don't ask you to do that, (laughs) but uh, some people experience (coughs) When they let go of those things that they are so uh, holding on to, uh, that moment <clears throat> they feel happy. The less we have, happier we are. And that is why Buddha said, "A and and the more and the more. That means this truth, (coughs) this dhamma means this truth of dhamma, the teaching, is good for those uh, who uh, desire less, not for those who desire too much. (coughs) This truth is good for those who are content, not for those who are discontent, greedy. (coughs) And these are living examples of this truth, this reality. I think we all have experienced in our life moments like this. So, (coughs) generosity is... uh, it is a thought. That is why it is put in the right under right thought. Generosity is the thought, and therefore, when we share things, we have to have that thought <coughs> of letting go of things, and that is called nissarana dhyasa. in Pali. Nissarana means Letting go. No more string attached to things that people that we give away. (coughs) When uh, um, normally people, uh, (coughs) when they want to give things away, We always try to choose a recipient, Uh, because they want to make sure what they give is used properly. That means they still have a certain amount of attachment to the things they give away. They think if I give such-and-such to so-and-so, they will abuse it. And therefore my giving will not be very beneficial. Friends, if we were to choose the recipients like that, then uh, it may be very difficult to find a suitable recipient. When Siddhartha Gautama, before he became a Buddha, even in his previous lives, according to his previous life stories, when he practiced generosity, he was the, at any given time, any given life, <coughs> he was in a most superior position. According to Jataka stories, even when he became an animal, he was a very dignified, majestic animal in that category of animals. If he became a bird among birds, he's a big bird, king of birds. If he became a dog, he was a very big, powerful, gentle dog. If he became an elephant and cattle and so forth, whatever life he was born, he was in a very higher, superior position. When he was born as human being in every life, according to Jataka stories, he was in a very noble position, and all others were less in generosity, compassion, loving friendliness, and so forth. But they have much less quiet of those qualities than the, than himself. But when he want to practice generosity. He did not choose. If he were to choose a better one, he was the only one to receive it. Nobody else was better than him. So he did not choose <coughs> a recipient. This is very difficult for an average person to practice. But the thought is generosity to let go of our greed, our attachment. That is the sole purpose of our giving. Practicing generosity is to attack this fundamental root of defilements. Fundamental roots, basic root is our greed, which in fact is the cause of our suffering. As you know, in the Noble Eightfold Path, Four Noble (coughs) Truths, the cause of suffering is clinging, craving, greed. So we want to attack that, minimise it, reduce it and finally eliminate it in order to bring eternal peace, solace, comfort and happiness. And therefore that, is our, that should be our motive of giving, just to reduce our greed. <clears throat> there are various types of giving. material giving and immaterial giving. We generally talk about material giving, sharing material things. In fact, that is one half of the whole field of giving. The other half is called dhammadana. People can share their energy, their skill, their ability, <coughs> uh, doing various type of service to the world, um, but Buddha said in uh, Nikaya, sabbang dadocha sohoti yovede tu upasavayang amatang dadocha sohoti yo dhamma manu dadocha sohoti is somebody who builds a house, a shelter or a monastery, orphanage, uh, particularly, he was talking about religious places, uh, Build those places, that individual gives everything. Why? Say somebody builds a place like this, meditation centre, <coughs> and that individual gives everything to meditation centre, medita- everything when he builds a meditation centre. Why? Because that is the place where people come, sit, meditate, get some relief, peace, certain degree of happiness, relax the body and mind and experience very uh, quiet time and uh, uh, relieve their nervous tension build up their health, mental health and that is a wonderful thing (coughs) listen to dhamma talks, meditate, see dhamma friends associate with other co-meditators and uh, Therefore, that gives them a wonderful experience to make their life peaceful and happy. Therefore, building a place like this is just like giving everything. And yet he said, "Amatangda docha ti yodhamma manusasati One who shares the knowledge of dhamma is sharing ambrosia, amata. Amata actually has two meanings. Amata means uh, deathlessness. Amata. The other is ambrosia according to uh, uh, ancient uh, religious beliefs. Uh, That is what uh, deities, gods uh, consume for their existence. Ambrosia. (coughs) It is like giving ambrosia. Or giving like immortality, deathlessness, dhamma. So sharing dhamma <coughs> is another aspect of generosity. We have, to <coughs> we have to acquire the knowledge and share it generously with others without holding on to it, so that everybody will benefit sharing knowledge of Dhamma, is sharing wisdom. Every word of the Dhamma has deep meaning, which sparks, opens our wisdom. Each word is a key to open our wisdom. Each word of the Dhamma has so powerful meaning in it. (coughs) And if somebody learns it, uses it, one can really live a very peaceful, happy, wise life. And that is knowing the Dhamma, there are two aspects. That is uh, (coughs) even to attain the stages of, first stage of enlightenment, you need uh, two things. One is uh, uh, what you call parato ghosap pachaya, the other is yonishwa manasikara. <clears throat> Parato means uh, listening to voice of others. Voice of others. Not the voice of fighting, not the voice of quarrel, not uh, any other voice, but the voice of dhamma. Listening to the voice of dhamma is one factor required for the attainment of the first stage of enlightenment. Second is Yoniswa <clears throat> Once we listen to the Dhamma, we may mindfully reflect on the meaning of Dhamma. So, when we share the Dhamma, others listen. Sotang odahati, give ears, give ear to the teaching. Ohita soto dhammang sunati, having listened to dhamma, having given ear to dhamma, they listen. Listen carefully, listen mindfully. Sutva dhammang dhareti, Having listened to Dhamma, they memorize it. Remember the Dhamma. we got to remember the Dhamma, <coughs> to use it every moment. Dhammanam upaparikkati. Having memorized the Dhamma, we investigate the meaning of the Dhamma. Every moment we think of the Dhamma, Dhamma word, Dhamma, Dhamma, uh, sent as Dhamma thoughts. We think about it. What is the meaning of this particular word? This particular aspect of Dhamma. What is the meaning? <coughs> when you investigate the Dhamma, this is the beauty of Dhamma. The more you dig into it, it is just like digging into gold mine. <coughs> the more you go into the to the depth of dhamma more truth will uncover will be uncovered more profound things you can see in the dhamma <coughs> it is just like gold mine a treasure endless beautiful things are there in the dhamma That is what I said, uh, when Buddha <coughs> gives instructions on dana katha, sila katha and so forth, the listener's uh, hindrances will fade away and has pasana chitta, pleasant mind, clear mind, uncloudy mind. <coughs> Sukhañjayati, then the person becomes happy. Naturally, when you are happy, sukino chittang, samadhiati. When you are happy, your mind gains concentration. You got to be happy. You got to be happy to be to gain concentration. <coughs> Not uh, excitement. Many a time people think excitement is happiness. Excitement and happiness are totally diametrically opposite mental factors. When you, for instance, um, touch a lottery, have a lot of money, you become excited and you say, I am happy. You meet your uh, friend after a long time. And you get so excited and you say, I am so happy. You recover from a certain certain sickness and then you say, I am very happy. All these are examples of excitement. When you have excitement like that, you want to express this excitement by talking, smiling, sometimes kissing, hugging, dancing, you know, uh, expressing in in a very loud way. That is excitement. (coughs) The kind of happiness the Buddha speaks about is that when that happiness arises, you become calm, very quiet, very peaceful. You hold on to it, you treasure it, value it. You don't want to lose an iota of it, you want to keep it. You are very settled, composed, quiet, peaceful. That leads to concentration. That is why Buddha said, Sukhi no samadhyati, when you are happy, the happy state leads to concentration. Then what happens? when you gain concentration, you see the truth exactly as it is. When you see the truth exactly as it is, that gives you tremendous insight. That gives you real peace, real happiness. So you can see, when <coughs> we share the dhamma, that is why Buddha said, When you share the knowledge of Dhamma with others, they experience the, the, this ambrosia, this peace, this the immortality. Nothing else can do that, no matter how much material things we share with others. They have their own place and benefits, and they have their limitations. And yet, of course, that is a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing in in its own way. But most complete (coughs) kind of sharing, generosity, is sharing the knowledge of dhamma, true knowledge of dhamma, true dhamma. Talking about generosity, we have to say that Buddha said, uh, don't cling, cling to anything. This is a very beautiful statement. Nowhere can you see that. I mean, nobody can say that except someone who is fully enlightened. That is because, he said, people, don't cling to dhamma. Don't cling even to wholesome dhamma. Don't cling to this wonderful dhamma that gives us ambrosia, that gives us immortality. Don't cling to it. And he said, if, when you do not, when I ask you not to cling to even to wholesome dhamma how much more you give up unwholesome dhamma? How much more unwholesome dhamma you should give up? When you should not cling to wholesome dhamma, what is unwholesome dhamma? Greed is unwholesome dhamma, hatred unwholesome dhamma, confusion is unwholesome, jealousy, fear, anger. Unwholesome dhamma, Buddha said, don't cling to wholesome, even to wholesome dhamma. How much more should you not cling to unwholesome dhamma? You see. And he said in uh, sutta called Alagaddupama Sutta, <coughs> in uh, Majjhima Nikaya, use the dhamma, even the wholesome dhamma. Like a raft like a raft, what is the use of raft? Raft is used to cross a body of water. This side of a shore is peril full of dangers, problems and you want to go to the other shore. so you find pieces of sticks, woods in the wood and you Put them together, tie them together with a rope, and you jump onto it. <coughs> Having jumped onto the raft, if you hug the raft and stay there, can you cross the body of water? Although this raft can save your life, but if you simply hug the raft and stay there, it cannot help you. You got to use your hands and legs and leave, use the raft just to float to your body and quickly you go to the other shore. Similarly, he said, use the Dhamma only for that purpose to cross the body of water. When we practice generosity, friends, there is no limit to generosity. There's nothing to hold on to. When he, when he said, don't hold on to unholds, holds, even wholesome Dhamma, we go to understand it in a very different way, very profound way. <coughs> because uh, in many places he said, Dhamma Ramo, Dhamma Rato, uh, Dhamma, we become Dhamma, uh, Dhamma Nijjana Kanti, and so forth, uh, uh, become refuge of the Dhamma. Use the dhamma as your refuge. I go to dhamma for my refuge. And uh, I need the dhamma, I want to have the dhamma. Uh, But what he asks us to give up is that clinging to dhamma, attachment to dhamma, greed for dhamma. Sometimes we learn the dhamma and hold on to it, we don't want to share that knowledge with others. That kind of stinginess, clinging to dhamma. And sometimes dhamma may be lofty, wonderful, marvellous. If you cling to it, what will happen? You will fight, like when you cling to material things, you will fight with others. To protect your material things, you fight to defend yourself, to ho- pro- protect your property. Similarly, if you hold on to Dhamma and cling to Dhamma, and you will fight with others, that is not uh, something unusual in the history of religions, you can see that <coughs> very common thing. Not understanding the message not understanding how to use the dhamma, if we simply cling to it, that is very dangerous. So he said, kusoyataduggahito hatha mevanu kantati nirayāya nirayayupakardhati Just like <coughs> kusa grass, kusa grass is a kind of grass that has uh, spikes, thorns. If you hold it incorrectly, that cat can cut your hand. If you hold it correctly, you can use that to cut something else. You won't get cut. Similarly, even if the wholesome dhamma, if you mishandle it, abuse it, it can hurt you, you get into trouble. But if you use it properly, that can save your life, save your sufferings, save, save you from suffering, put you through attainment of Nibbana, enlightenment. So, <coughs> when we practice generosity, we have to understand it has no limit. Generosity doesn't have Buddhist generosity, Hindu generosity, Muslim generosity, Christian, Jewish generosity, Islam? No. Generosity is just generosity. It has no religious connotation, ethnic connotation, geographical, provincial connotations. It is universal, common, intrinsic, natural. That is a wonderful practice. That is the kind of generosity, friends, we want to cultivate. I think my time is up and I hope uh, uh, we try to cultivate this kind of generosity.